Check, check. Wipe, check. Moto 60 show presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data on PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah, welcome everybody. The Fly Racing Moto 60 show is here. It's Thursday, July 22nd, 11 a.m. Pacific. Let's do this. Thanks to the folks at uh, Fly Racing, of course. Big, big day for them tomorrow. The 2022 gear is going to launch. If you're listening to this on Thursday, it is Friday. July 23rd is the launch. And if you're listening to this on Friday, then go to flyracing.com and check out the 2022 line. It's uh, fantastic. It's uh, got some additions to it. It's got some uh, changes. It's got some uh, uh, new colors and new uh, new LE stuff and SC stuff. And, yeah, man, lots of going on um, on the folks over there at Fly Racing and flyracing.com. Thank you to those guys for coming on board. Thank you to Get. Pro Taper, Maxis, FMF Vision, all on board with us here in the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. 702-586-7857. Give us a call. Uh, let's talk some more Shugel. Let's recap Millville. I got some MXDN questions. It's Jason Wygant and Justin Brayton on the show today. So, yeah, lots of uh, star power today on the show. Uh, again, thank you to Pro Taper, uh, Star Racing, Yamaha, and uh, the folks over at Rockstar Husky, Chaparral Honda, riders of all levels, plus teams like that. Use Pro Taper, ProTaper.com. Go there. Check out the latest and greatest that they have. They got the Sella. They got the Micro Bar. They've got the uh, handlebars with crossbars. They got crossbar less bars. Whatever it is, they've got you handled. Thanks to the folks at Pro Taper. FMF Vision as well. Zacco running FMF Vision. Savachi Bogle as well. They won an Arena Cross title with Kyle Peters. Uh, power is in the details. Power is committing to all the small things which lead to innovation. Power is to see what others cannot. FMF Goggles, the choice of 450 motocross champion Zach Osborne. Visit FMFRacing.com to experience the Power Bomb and Power Core Goggles now. Thank you to those guys. Uh, Maxis Tires, of course, SGB Maxis Kawasaki team is doing it. And uh, they're doing a good job over there. Thank you to Maxis Tires for... Uh, uh, thank you to Max's Tires for doing that. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, Jeremy Smith, Rod Bell, A-Ray, all on Max's Tires. So doing a good job out there. MXSTs uh, available now. Developed by McGrath, all right? So, yeah, please check that out. And uh, we have some giveaways to give away today as well. Oh, thanks to the folks at Get and Athena. Get, get the RPM dashboard. You'll see that on the uh, on the bikes of Caroli and uh, Prado and those type of guys over there. And they have uh, big board kits as well. Uh, from the folks at Athena, their sister company, the folks at Get, uh, two-stroke ECUs, four-stroke ECUs. If you want a deal on anything from Get or Athena, simple user contact form at pulpmex.com. Email us. We'll pass it on to our guys at Get and Athena, and they will dial you in uh, the best they can. So thanks to the folks, those guys. Weege Brayton on the show today. Uh, we're giving away a fly racing podium stand. That's pretty cool. We are giving away some FMF uh, Vision uh, goggles. That's pretty cool. And we're giving away, thanks to the folks at Twisted T. And Billy Grotto, he's the man, the myth, the legend. Billy Grotto over there at Twisted T. We have the two pairs of tickets to Washugo to give away on the show today. But I want to also reward the people that uh, listen via archives. So we'll do it today. Contest at pulpamexshow.com. Contest at pulpamexshow.com for a pair of tickets to Washugo. Send us an email. We'll pick a random email person at contest at pulpamexshow.com. And we'll give you a pair of tickets to Washugo this weekend. So you got to go. Got to make sure you make your mind up. Courtesy of the folks at Twisted T and Billy Grotto. Taking your calls over there, holding things down. It is the Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? Hey, I'm glad to be in the new studio, even though it's the same, but it's different. Yeah, new studio. Yeah. Who, new studio, who dis? Oh, once <laughs> we put this, stuff yeah. on the wall and everything, yeah. it'll be all right. Uh, are you, are you up, upset about your chair? It's squeaky? It's squeaky, yeah, and I'm hoping it's not actually making it all the way over to uh, your end. I, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll figure it out. Anyway, um, yes, it's all good, though. Get, uh, get Wygant on the line if you can, yes, and we're going to give away those uh, two pairs of tickets courtesy of folks at uh, Twisted Tea. 
Uh, let's go to Shad on one. Shad, what's up, man? How are you? Pretty good. Hey, I had a before and after um, question for you. Who sure. do you got for Washougal on 450, the top three? Top three at Washougal, uh, 450 as well. Uh, I'll go uh, I'll go Roxon, Tomac, Ferrandis. How's that? Okay, so that being said, see if I can change your mind. Um, they didn't race their uh, 2020, nope. but 19 and 17, Marv hit the podium all three years, uh, 16 yeah. too. Marv's great yep. there. Marv's great there. But, I mean – you don't think he'll step up? I don't think he makes a big step to the podium. You know what I mean? I think he can be better at Washougal, but man, what Marv also won Southwick, and look how Southwick went for him. Yeah, yeah, but he he ain't been on the podium four years in a row there, has he? Uh, he might have be. I have to go back and look, but he won there twice. I know that beat Eli Tomac there, so I don't know, man. Um, I don't see it happening. I see him being better, but I don't see him stepping up that far because he would have he would have stepped up at Southwick. I feel. You know, okay. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see it, but I think, I think Ferrandez has to be on the podium. The guy has never been off the podium yet this year, right? So Ferrandez has to be on there. Tomac's better. Kenny rides Washougal really well, so I think those three are a safe podium bet. I mean, anything can happen, obviously, but that's what I like. Yeah, I, I, as far as Dylan goes, I mean, uh, how good has he been on the hard pack play like at Washougal? Compared to you know some ah, of the yeah, he, have. Nah, he's been fine. Uh, you have to go back yeah. and look at his results, but uh, he'll he'll figure it out. He's been so good this year. I, I can't see how you can doubt him, Shad. He, he's the man this year. So okay, all right, all right. Thanks, man. Yep. Uh, that's that's Shad. Hey, by the way, uh, thanks to the folks at Motorsport.com. We launched a, a game just for this weekend. Uh, Motorsport.com whole shot challenge. We got great prizes. PulpMXFantasy.com. you got to be a member of PulpMX Fantasy to play. But check that out. Thanks to those guys for making it happen. Big push from us. Big push from those guys. See how many out of the four hole shots that you can get. Uh, and uh, we'll give away some prizes. The, 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 the tie break is the timestamp of when you go in and make your guesses. All right? Uh, all right. Let's bring in our first guest here. This man is uh, the voice of the uh, motocross series, the voice of many things. If you're paying, he's saying, it's Jason Wygan. What's up, Weege? Wow, yeah. I'm on the show. You're on the Moto 60 show. And I'm only on, really, for one reason and one reason. Oh, I know. Yeah, Justin Brayton will be on, and you will join us, uh, myself and Brayton, here to talk Washougal for a little what bit. What was the rule I gave you when you asked me to be on the show this week? I will only come on if I can be on with JB. That's what, yeah, that's you what, have that's, to have a few minutes in the center of the show with both of us together. Yeah, yeah, no, it's going to happen. Totally worth it. It'll happen. Totally worth it. Uh, okay. Washougal. What do you think of when I say Washougal? What's your thoughts on Washougal as a track? as a part of the series, as the history of it, and everything else. Where, where, where are you at? There's two things that everybody knows. A, picturesque. Yeah. That's the, the, the scenery, the facility. But when it comes to the racing, it's slippery. So are we talking facility or we're talking track? I know you're big on breaking those two things into separate categories. Yeah. Picturesque and slippery. There right. Uh, I, I've told this story a bunch, but, I mean, 03, Red Dog is a consistent podium guy. At Washougal, like all year, or I mean, at, during the Nationals, right? And that is, the, of course, the year that he uh, beat the R- mighty Ricky Carmichael as well in a moto. And, you know, so basically he's on the fourth stroke. He's crushing it. He's, a, uh, he's doing well all summer. I think he's third in points uh, that year. And I'm just checking in the vault to make sure that my memory is correct because sometimes it's not. And we go to Washougal, and Red Dog goes 11-13 in 03. And I don't think he crashed. No way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he just... I'm looking this up now myself. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I got it in front of me. 11-13. Uh, uh, 03, Washougal. Because it's just that kind of track. It's that kind wow. of weirdo stuff, right? Uh, yeah, to a degree. But I was going to temper all this and be like, hey, man, it's still motocross. The tracks and things don't vary that much. They'll still use the same tire, most likely, yeah. that they did. Yeah. You know, you won't see the paddle sand tire. But right. most guys in Millville weren't even running that. So... I didn't think it'd make that much of a difference. Yeah. I didn't know in 03, Timmy could possibly finish worse than fourth. Right? Exactly. But he did. 11-13. But that's my point of this whole thing. Well, besides the talk about Tim Ferry. My point is yeah. is that it's Washougal, man. It's weird. It's different. It's shadowy. It's slippery. It's, you know, it's not that tiring. It's, it's, it's pretty easy on the body. It's, the weather's not that hot, generally. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a different race. It's, it's almost like a Gainesville back in the day. It's thrown in the middle of the series, and it couldn't be any more different. 
Yeah, so that does change it up, and that's why the slippery thing, I don't even mean that necessarily as a negative. I think at this point I'm actually excited that we have a track that's just different. I know the riders are going to complain, and they're going to want grip. You know, They're going to be going over to Dunlop or going to their suspension guys and and asking for changes. So, you know, this is the dilemma that we've been talking about with these tracks for a long time. Everyone's like, why don't we have hard pack tracks anymore? Why does everybody have this universal sand, mud, dirt, right? But it's because... When Fox had the Dream On calendar, remember those in like the oh, 1990s? Yeah. yeah. Every track is like rip, water, disc, tilled, groomed, like go hit it, wide open, perfect traction. Like that is the dream of every rider. So I feel like they went in that direction. And then people are like, why don't they make hard pack slippery tracks anymore? Well, because no one wakes up dreaming of riding yeah. on a track that's slippery. But I-, I think from the outside, it's fun to have a new challenge. I agree. I Bring on the sand. Bring on the hard pack. Bring on everything. You know, uh, I, I think all of it. So I, I'm in, I'm in favor of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's uh, the slippery thing. No one's going to hear the word slippery and think it's a positive. But to me, it's a negative that is a positive because maybe it'll mix things up. Well, thanks to Billy Grotto for giving us two pairs of tickets to Washougal. They're all gone, huh, Tits? We gave them all away. Uh, thanks to Twisted T and Billy Grotto. Just a legend. Why again? A legend. This Billy oh, Grotto one of guy. my faves. One of my faves. You, Proud to say that he was on our best post-race show ever at High Point long before he was on Pulp. So he's my guy. Uh, not he, he can be your guy, absolutely. He sent me a uh, okay. Twisted T uh, light-up sign for the studio. Wait a minute, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a whole... I didn't, I didn't get one of those. Well, yeah. Well, you're not Twisted T oh. like, like I am. Um, okay. We got problems. <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, big news uh, today. Uh, I think it was inevitable. I think we knew this. Uh, Adam C. Cirillo pulled out of the uh, series. Uh, he's going to get his uh, nerve fixed. He told me a while ago that um, the doctor told him that 99 people out of 100 never have any problems, never have any issues, and he is the one out of 100 that had to get it fixed again and moved over. Uh, and you know what? I mean, look, he crashed out of, uh, he crashed out of Millville, didn't come back. He crashed at uh, Southwick. Uh, he crashed, he crashed, he crashed, he crashed. This is a good thing overall. Yeah, uh, well, only because You've talked to him enough about this to know, and I talked to him briefly at Southwick. This is not a gnarly, is it going to work, is no. his career potentially over situation. So we just need to explain that part. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, right? Um, yeah. But yep. it's it's a loss for the series, and it's, and it's again, it's a – for the um, – for the uh, crowd that yells about Adam crashing and Adam can't hold it together, they have another notch in their column over there because bottom line is, yeah, he couldn't finish it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it gets really difficult because when we go just like in 2020, predicting 2021, honestly 2019, predicting 2020, and at the end of this year, predicting next year, we will probably say good things about Adam's chances going into both Supercross and Motocross next year. And people have great ammo to say there are many Adam fans, first of all. So many people will be like, heck yeah. Yeah. I did think he's going to do good, and so do I. But there will be many also that are like, why would you keep saying you expect a guy who's never a contender to be a contender? Like, at points-wise. Like, in Supercross, he's literally crashed out two years in a row. And what are we going to say going for next year? Oh, I think I could see a scenario where he wins. <laughs> yeah. We will say that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. I agree. He was good but- outdoors last year, but... Uh, I, 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 he legit earned it last year. I was going to say it was a weird year, but he was good. He was just straight good. Yeah, I, it's not because of COVID or nine rounds or anything like that. No, absolutely, second overall in the four fifty no. series. So yeah, he he, yeah. he deserved yeah. it. But uh, yeah, tough blow for him and, and everything else. So, um, all right, we got we got a triumph question. We got a MXD. Let's get let's get to the phone lines. Let's just do yeah. that and take to the. Let's get give the people what they want. Uh, we'll start with three because it's a troll train question. Uh, Tyler, go ahead, man. All right, first off, Troll Train's lead pipe blocked this week. Like, we got a track. It doesn't take much energy. We got another week to get healthy. Like, okay. we're on board here, right? Troll Train's going off. We're, we're podium this weekend. Ah, uh, podium. I don't know, man. First of all, he had a bike problem, uh, first moto, and he's had a few bike problems, like in Supercross. And so, uh, I mean, are we good to go on there? Do we know? I don't know. He did put out in the vlog a few weeks back the bike had too much power. So I know. Uh, yes, start. I know. I know. Uh, Wygant, if, if Troll Train makes a podium, you're going to be very excited on the broadcast. Yeah, that's a very big yes, though. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, it was good to know that he had electrical problems in Moto1. Steve, you're familiar with the term electrical problems? Yeah. yeah. It's always electrical. 
And then the Moto2, he just so he tipped over at the beginning, and then he, he, he rode okay. At first, I saw him floundering around. I'm thinking, the arm is not ready. I guess it's better than that. Yeah. But to go to podium, that's a big jump. Yeah. So, I don't know, Tyler. Big jump, but I, I got a future headline to wrap it up for you. Okay. Troll Train one. Ooh, okay. Like it. Yep. So we've got we've got Troll Train make Steve get up and paint his bridge red while he dyes his hair for factory beta. Or random goats start showing up under the bridge, being herded by Ricky Carmichael with a factory Triumph 250. That's too much. Too much. In you got to shorten your future headlines up, Tyler. You got to shorten them up. Okay. But right, but, right. but 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 it's okay. It's a nice try. So you're saying. Alex Martin, factory beta, or factory, factory beta, triumph. or factory Basically. triumph? Basically. Right, right. That's what that's where Basically. you go now. What, what do you think, yeah. Weege? What do you, factory beta or factory triumph for our guy Troll Train? Uh, is it confirmed that either of those brands are even making two fifty? I think beta is coming in. Okay, that is my first concern. Or, <laughs> or has there been a four fifty warrior underneath the Troll Train helmet this entire time? And we're finally going to see it. I I, I believe he is that. Training on one. I believe that he's he's been held down by the mm. class structure for years, mm. and That's just it. and just needs a 450 to shine. So this could be he he will triumph. Troll train triumph. There we there we go. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right, thank you. I think beta's coming in uh, sooner than later. 250. Uh, I don't know about a 250, but uh, I think they're coming in sooner or later. Speaking of triumph, Jake's on five. What's up, Jake? You want to talk about triumph? Uh, yeah, I wanted to see your guys' thoughts on likely candidates to fill those uh, rides or ride for Triumph. I have my thoughts, but I'm curious to see uh, 450-wise what your guys' thoughts Hold on, hold on. And I got this twist, this question on Twitter, too. Can I see a bike? Can I see a bike at all before I'm putting riders on a race team? Can I see it's anything? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it might not be. I mean, are people assuming? I don't think this is Anaheim. 22. I don't think so. I do not think this is Anaheim 22. No. Um, So I don't. I did get a laugh. I saw on Twitter somebody put a Triumph logo on a KTM. That really made me lol. That was great. I did. Uh, But this is an all new bike. Uh, The the people from Triumph contacted me actually and wanted to make sure that we knew this was an all new bike and all new from the ground up. So Jake, I uh, I cannot even begin to uh, uh, talk about a team. Uh, until I see a motorcycle and what they're doing, right? Like, whether it's ATK, ATK, whether it's Cannondale, I mean, we've seen, right? We've seen some doozies come and go, and uh, it is really hard to do. So I'm going to hold off, Jake, on the team until I s- know anything else about their, but, about their bike. All right, cool. Fair enough. All right. Thanks, man. I mean, are I'm you going to give a little advice. Oh, yeah. I'm not an engineer, Yep. but I'm going to give a little advice. Just try to stick with what is already out there. Uh, most of these new brands that come in, they really try to do radical stuff. And it sounds so awesome, and it looks so good, and it probably makes tons of sense to an engineer. But it never works. So just copy what everybody else is already doing. These bikes have 50 years of development. And whenever someone really steps outside the box, heck, you, you could argue that the Yamaha reverse cylinder is a pretty radical idea, and we're 10 years down the road, and people are still on the fence even with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So be careful. Right. Just stick with the normal. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. That's my unsolicited advice, Triumph, free of charge. I did, uh, I did a podcast with JT the other day about it, and I just said, well, at least they have the right guy to find out what could break. Like, Ricky could break it. Ricky will break it if you if you know if oh, he's, yeah, ri- yeah, if he's riding it cap. hard. Like, if he's riding a, a prototype really hard, like, you'll find yeah. out what breaks. So that part will be good. Yes, as uh, your your DeCoster podcast, they had to they were really afraid of the carb cap would just come off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was pulling the throttle so hard. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, look, Weech, it's cool. It, it's it's big news. Triumph came on, and you know, it's really neat. It's cool, but I'm gonna just hold off until I see anything else. Yeah, we totally are pumped. I think everybody's rooting for the success. We always want more riders, more teams, more jobs. That's awesome. But I, they haven't laid out any sort of timetable, so that's pretty much where it stops right now. Yeah, exactly. And and we saw with Cannondale, like, I mean, dude, it was bike of the year from the Dirt Rider guys. And poor Jeff Gibson and Keith Johnson probably still have yeah. nightmares from that thing. So, you know. Yeah, and again, I think just going too radical. I don't even know if you remember this, Steve, but BMW made a 450 Enduro bike uh, briefly 
Now, it was never, they never said they were going to intend to race motocross, but mm-hmm. I mean, the difference in a 450, you know, yeah. enduro bike and a 450 motocross bike, it's not that far apart. And their big thing was the counter shaft sprocket and the swing arm pivot lined up, so it didn't have any chain torque. Because, you know, you remember the amp link and all these things from yeah. back in the day? Yep, I had like one on my bike. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have one, yes. Many engineers will be like, this idea that the chain tension changes with the suspension is terrible. We need to engineer that out. But in the end, it's, it, it is what it is. Like, it's there for a reason. So anyway, they tried this radical concept, yeah. and the bike was terrible specifically because of that. And, and that's why no one even remembers. And I believe, this, our, I buddy, think, I believe yeah. our buddy Dave Osterman was, developed the bike at Buell. They oh, never, yeah, Buell was making one. Right, they yeah. never released it. Right, they never, never came yeah. out. But, um, yeah, so, you know, crazy. Unfortunately, we have many lists of failures and not a lot of successes. The beta thing... Beta's not that risky. I mean, if you look at Beta's current dirt bikes, which they've had for a while now, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not much different. You know, performance-wise, I don't think you're – if you get a Beta, whatever they make, a 390, they have weird displacements. I don't think the Beta versus the KTM on the Enduro side is like night and day. Right. Like they're good bikes. Right. They've already been making good Enduro bikes. I don't think them jumping into moto is that crazy. Right. And uh, um, Van Horbeek's been doing well on it. He's got some finishes on it and stuff. So, yeah, 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 absolutely. Right. Um, that's not as radical a jump of a company that's never made anything like it. Right. Jason Wygan on the show, 702-586-PULP. You got a question for him? We're talking Washugal. We're also got, uh, I got an MXDN question for you, but Sean also has one. Go ahead, Sean. What's going on, man? Yeah, before I ask that, um, live show's coming back in 2022? I would think so. I hope so. I tried to get one for this weekend in Washougal. So. The uh, Alberta Rose Theater there in Portland wasn't accepting t- people yet. So, why again, we uh, got to get the live shows going next year again. People, people like them. They're a lot of fun. I went to that yeah, one two years you ago. Know, we, did awesome. we did two at the beginning of the year. Uh, and then, I don't know, like, it's so hard to find the perfect city, the perfect time. And then Supercross only went to, like, six cities. So, yes, that would definitely be our intention. Yeah, absolutely. So, go ahead, man. Yeah. Yeah, so I know it sounds like Barsh is in, which is great. At what point, other than racing for pride, does the U.S. say we're not going to send a team? We have to adhere to their sound, their fuel. Our guys are paying money to go over there. They get crapped on by our fans if they don't win. Um, what, what's listen, the point of our guys continuing to listen, go? Listen, I've said this, Sean. If you've listened to me over the years, I've said this. Now, we we can use our fuel. There's been some changes to that. Um, but, oh, nice. But listen, I've said, well, look, part of the reason I've said this was because the calendars were so far off that USA was at such a disadvantage that why bother going? And I, I, you know, I got yelled down by the JT guys and people like that. But the calendars are better now. We're only two weeks off, right? So it's, it's a better calendar to send a Team USA to this race. But, man, I'll tell you what, as I've said over and over and over, Team US, if, this, if Team USA doesn't show up at the Motocross Nations, Okay. No matter how they, no matter how bad it's gone lately for them, it's always a what if. It's always a what if Team USA was there. What what would happen? Where would they place? Et cetera, et cetera. They sell tickets. Okay. It's the it, otherwise it's a glorified GP for most of the fans. So the USA guys sell tickets, and there's no money in it for anybody. It's these teams spend so much money to go. The riders spend money to go. They, they get twelve hundred dollars from the AMA. Uh, Eli Tomac <laughs> told me he spent ten k out of his own money to go to the race. And then again, like you said, if they don't win, they get shit on. And yet there's 30,000, 40,000 people paying outrageous ticket sums to be there at this race. There's one person getting rich here, and there's nothing going back to these teams. I would absolutely tell the promoters, we're not going. We'll race, we'll race USA to MXDNs. Or tell you what, we'll go to your European race, but give us a race every third year or whatever. Of course, it's supposed to be rumored to be uh, Red Bud next year. I think that that will happen. But I'm with you, Sean. Like, there's so many obstacles, and there's people getting rich off this, and Team USA ain't it, and it hasn't gone well. And so, calendar's better this year. That's my rant. Why can't? Go ahead. Well, first, I want to thank the caller. Steve, did you pay him to come on and just I, I did not. set you up for your, one of your favorite rants? I did not. Did, you, but, did he get a gift for this? Did he get a, a formula? Yeah, you know something? what? Yeah, Sean, Sean, do you want a podium stand from Fly Racing or a pair of FMF goggles? Um, I'll take the podium stand. All right, flyracing.com podium Thank stand you. coming your way. Thank you for, for okay. bringing this up. Go ahead, Weech. Yeah, next caller, uh, prompt Steve on 250 rules are bad, and uh, you got to sit at FMF goggles <laughs> coming your way. So, yeah, um, I have a little hope. Here's something I've come up with. Yes, Steve, you are not wrong for any of those reasons. 
I know it drives fans nuts. Poor Justin Cooper, he better bring security to Washougal because he accidentally said in the press conference after Millville, he's like, yes, I understand donations. It's good to race for your country, but there's really nothing more in it than that. And I'm sure that makes fans puke. But you do have to understand that Justin Cooper's whole career might be judged on if he does or does not win this year's 250 national title. And his income will be drastically impacted by that. Impacted by that. Being on the donations team or not, I know people want him on the team and they would love him to win, but it will not affect his career legacy in the same way. It won't. And it won't affect his paycheck either. So that's the thing that the riders are always fighting. I have this thing that every fan loves, but no one is able to figure out how to marry this massive fan interest with any sort of marketing or income at all. So what I'm hoping, we've had some new things happen in this sport, right? FIM's out. I believe Outdoors and Supercross are going to work more closely together, things like that. Maybe some sense will come along to everyone, and they'd be like, the fans love this race. Can we somehow figure out a way to generate revenue or income from this race? Let's start here. If you did a fundraiser for Team USA, how hard would it be to raise tons of money so these teams were to spend zero out of pocket and the riders could get paid. How hard would it be? Not that hard. No. Does anyone do it? They used to. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I don't think it was, what, some T-shirts back then? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we didn't have the internet back then. No, no, yeah, no, paid. I agree. Yep, yep. Yes. If, if you sold packages and said you could hang with Team USA, you get the jacket, and it's $1,000, <laughs> you can raise hundred grand quickly. So... And, and if the teams or the sponsors were smart enough to, look, Lucas Myrtle, is he a mover and shaker agent or what? Yes. Are the Lawrence Brothers racing donations? You bet they are. So I'm just hoping that smarter people are starting to see the light of this is a marketing thing. Money can be made. We can make this work. We can make it worth the riders while. Because poor Justin Cooper, like the rest of these dudes, is stuck in the middle where he's like, my whole career will be judged if I win this 250 title or not. Destinations is not garbage to me, but it's just I, I, I'm not worried about that right now. It's just not my career will not be determined on if I race the event or not. It won't be. I wish it were, but it's not. I, I just I, I there's one person getting stupid rich off this event, and the riders and the teams are just dumping money in it just to wrap themselves in a flag. At some point, it's got to make some sort of financial sense. When I went in '03, Keith McCarty told me that they spent thirty thousand dollars. Right. Just like, right. what? Like, what? And I'm sure it's more than that now, you know? So, yeah, yeah. yeah like at some point, um, it's got to be worth it, man. And, and you know, I, I don't know. I just, I cannot believe that it's such an issue and these riders are spending, te- Eli Tomac spending ten grand to go get yelled at for sucking balls. Like, what? Like, why would he want to do that? I get it. I understand it. And then uh, on top of that, Sean, there's no doubt Kawasaki's not going again. And one of the reasons is they have an issue with Roger DeCoster being on the team and, and working with the team. And so do we need to look at leadership for Team USA? Do we need a whole revamping of Team USA with the fundraising that Wygant talked about? I mean, I, I'm kind of on board with, with all of that. So um, we each, but we did basically, Barsha basically did all but uh, uh, confirm that he was going to ride MXDN on the show. On oh, Monday. good. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a very logical pick. He's riding good. We know the Austrian brands always support that event, and he's been awesome at that event. So that one's a no-brainer. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? And shocking, which I didn't, I didn't know this on Monday. Well, I did know it, but I forgot. He's third in points. So, like, literally, he's, like, besides being good at MXDN and wanting to go, he's also third in points right now. So, yeah, you would pick him, too. He, uh, at the moment, at least, he is literally the top American in the points. Yeah, exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. We all know yeah, that yeah. they would love for Tomac to be part of the team, regardless of, I think, Tomac's, like, five points behind him. But he is actually the top American in points at the moment. Yep. Uh, Sean, stay yep. on hold. All right. We'll get you that. We'll get you that stand. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Uh, more phone calls here. Corey's on three. Corey, go ahead, man. Hey, so I was wondering what your guys' thought was. I know there's been a lot of talk about Tomac recently, uh, kind of going downhill maybe. Um, just thought if you guys thought it would be better to retire off of a title than to stick with it for a few years and then retire as like a 5-10 to 10 guy. Is that what's better on well, the legacy, or does it matter? This is why Gant's got some strong thoughts on this. You can go out on top like Dungeon Villapoto. Uh, we'll, right. we'll, 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 we'll forget about Villapoto's GP experiment. Um, <laughs> or you can go out sort of, you know, like Mark Barnett or like Eli Tomac seems like he's going out or 
you know, like Michael Rocco kind of went out. Uh, Weeds, go ahead. Or Chad Reed. Or Chad Reed, yes. yes, I Chad Reed, yeah. Uh, to me, this one is very simple. First of all, ask the fans. Would you rather have Eli Tomac at the races getting third to fifth or maybe even occasionally winning or just gone? You'd way rather have him there, right? Yeah, So sure. to me, from that side, it's simple. And B, hey, guys, guess what? You get paid. He's not going to be racing as a privateer over the ne- next year. If you want to race three more years, he's still going to make tons more money. So the only issue we really have here is the risk of you could get really hurt racing a dirt bike. I get that. But beyond that, I'm all for these dudes hanging around. Is anyone going to say if Tomac gets, let's say Tomac's racing in two, 2023, and he's like getting fifth in a moto. Is anyone going to be like, dude, this guy sucks. Hang it up. Why are you out here? <laughs> well, like, come on, no, they, they would. I mean, they said this stuff about Chad. There are people who say that, for sure. They, they definitely Chad get a little bit of that they start to, to fall back down the standards, the point standards. Uh, but, yeah, um, yeah. You know what? I mean, Chad, I, Chad okay. was an extreme case. I mean, Chad was down to LCQs to make mains. We're not talking about that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Thanks, Corey. Right on, guys. Thanks for the call. All right. You bet. Uh, we got yep. Jacob on two. Jacob, what's going on, man? How you doing, Steve? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm supporting the HVAC Moto brethren. I'm strapped to a roof right now. You're on. A, you're strapped to a roof. Whoa! I am hanging off of a cable on the roof, working right now as an HVAC. I love that. I love that. Oh, HVAC! You and Rod Bell. Oh, Rod Bell. Yes, sir. Yeah. I love the summer of Rod Bell for that exact reason. Nice, <laughs> nice. Thanks for calling, and thanks for hanging off a roof and calling the fly, fly show. All right. So, uh, here's my question: <laughs> Can we get Billy Grotto on Blue Crew? I think we can make him a pro national racer. Because the rules are bad. How is he going to make? He says he only rides uh, uh, street bikes. No, no, we're going to convince him to because he gave you a sign. So now you owe him something. You get him something like a oh. free VIP pass, and then you give him a blue crew. Now we make him a pro racer because the rules are bad. So I'm sure he can get in. Okay, so Billy Grotto races pro for Yamaha. Weege, where are we at on yep, that? Just one year. He's going to pull a Caleb by, like, fourth round. He gets right, right. Quits. It doesn't matter. It still proves the point. Weege, can we get uh, Billy Grotto? Uh, poor Caleb. He's now being compared to the <laughs> at that level. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, you know what? I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. He can, he can solve a lot of problems. If you bring Billy Grotto to Motocross the Nation, somebody buy his plane ticket. Steve, do it. AMA, yeah. do it. Bring him to the race one time. And he will come up with a way to make that race worth $1 million in yeah. marketing next year. Yeah, uh, I, can't, I can't say you're wrong. Billy Grotto does seem to know what, what sells and what moves. So, Well, the big thing is here we need to focus on is that the, uh, the 250 rules are bad. That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> Yeah. The, 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 oh, oh, wait. He just wants his damn goggles. He Steve. does want his goggles. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? And you got him. You got him. You're hanging oh, off. Oh. You're hanging off a roof, Jacob. You're you're an HVAC guy. You love Rod Bell. You're getting the FMF goggles. All right. That's amazing. Um, I do have one serious question though. Okay. Um, do do we see Roxon come out with just absolute fire after eating shit in the first moto last weekend? Did we see it happening? Do we see it happening at Washougal? Like, does he just come out like crazy? Like, I have to get the whole shot because otherwise I end up getting ran over by my teammate. Nah, he's always trying to get his whole shot, man. Nothing different, you know what I mean? Like, nothing, nothing outside of the ordinary for him. I don't think so. Um, all right, man. Thanks for calling. Stay on the line. We'll get you there from F Goggles. All right. Thank you. Much right. love. That's Jacob hanging off a hanging off a roof, calling the Pulp Mech Show. Uh, love, yep. love and, to see and him. greasing to make sure he got those those Zacco goggles. Yeah, Good ab- moves. absolutely. Good talk moves. about talk about two fifty class for a long time. Zach Osborne, um, fly racing. Um, All your favorites, oddly. All your favorites. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, Troll Train. I mean, there's a, there's a separate issue going on with Troll Train. So. Uh, Fly oh, Racing Moto 60 show. all issues to make sure that your arguments. Maxis correct, Tires, yeah. FMF Vision, Pro Taper, folks that get. Let's welcome in our first, our next guest, I should say, to join Wygant for a little bit here. Yes. He's the Daytona Supercross winner. He's a former factory rider. Justin Brayton, what's up, JB? What's up, Weege? <sighs> Thank you, JB. Let's kick Steve out of here. Steve, can you not yeah, talk Steve, good. run the I, show? How I really – you guys can carry your own show here and, and break down Washougal. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with it. You know, I mean, JB, uh, you know, I mean, Washougal is his, is his place. Washougal's oh. good. I like, I like yeah. Washougal. I feel like you've had good rides there, JB. 
Yeah, yeah. I've never been on the podium there, but I, it seemed like I'd do like five four or four or five a, a lot at Washougal. So right, right. Um, yeah, there's no still city. We'll but take it. It's good. Yeah, still city. <laughs> oh yeah a guy who knows how to get a moto win yeah, a guy who knows how to get a moto win done that's it though just oh, yeah. the one moto win just one yeah now, we don't need to get technical we don't need to get technical on it yeah no absolutely that, that was we such, got a moto win it was such a great day um so jb how you been man jb how you been how's the summer uh it's great it's great it was good to see you at millville uh somebody oh, yeah. else wasn't in attendance but um mm. Mm. it was good to see you Weege. It was it was great to see you well, there are some of us that are dedicated to the sport and go to the races, and some of us that don't. I don't know. I don't know what that's oh, all about. Oh, come on. Yeah. So, JB, some of us just have so much money, we're just moving houses, like, weekly. We just can't even keep I, up. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. It's it's just unbelievable. I actually got a picture, which you did too, Weege, of the backyard of the new place. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. You'd think he'd won a couple yeah. Daytona Supercrosses. You would think. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got you a pool. Think. Can you imagine? As somebody who has a pool. I know Wygant just has the above-ground stuff, but uh, you know, this, this one's a real pool. Yeah, I'm so rich. Uh, Unbelievable. It's, uh, <laughs> um, hey, uh, Caleb Russell uh, hung it up this week. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, he's on the Pulp Show last Monday, said Roger DeCoster called him and said, hey, we need better results after two races. And unfortunately, it didn't go any better. Uh, JB, what would you t- make of Caleb deciding, like, I mean, I don't know if it was forced. I don't know. He's, he kind of made it sound like it wasn't. Uh, but what do you make of K- Caleb uh, hanging it up? Yeah, it's interesting. So it was cool to see him get that chance. Uh, but also, I, I listened to your show where he called in and was, was talking about the Roger thing. And it seemed like there was a lot of bitterness there. Like yeah. he, was, he was saying some stuff that I was kind of like, ooh, that might be over the line to talk about publicly. And But he was not scared. And I like that, but I could definitely sense some some frustration, some like like he didn't deserve the phone call, which I kind of agree with. Cause I agree with, yeah. He, yeah. You know, he's, he's a 100-time GNCC champ and uh, KTM, you know, a lifer, really. And – to have that much success, it's not about him going outside to get the results. I don't think. I think it's more of a cool story, and and um, yeah. So, but it sounded like Roger and and the team were really wanting some some great results, which I feel like that's. I don't know. I just feel like that's kind of not necessary in that situation. And and Caleb seemed really frustrated with it, and I feel like it has come to this now where he probably sensed that they were ready to not take his bike to the track or something. And he's kind of like, you know what? I'm struggling enough. I'm over it. Yeah. I don't want to be treated like that. I don't want to be around you guys. And I'm having a bad summer. I'm ready to go home and just hang with the family. That's kind of what I get from it. I mean, we, I thought it was a little much. The guy sells KTMs. Caleb Russell has sold motorcycles for KTM. Many of them, in my opinion, over the years, of course you can't track this for sure, but I would, I would bet a lot of money. So we, it was, was weird. Like two races, he gets a phone call. Two races after a bad practice crash that broke his jaw, and then he gets a phone call, and then he decides, and then he gets sick at Millville, and that's it. He hangs it up. Yeah, well, you really hit the nail on the head with the two races thing. That's what was so alarming when he's like, "I've only this is only the third national in my life. It's only the second one I've done this year." Like, really, you're giving me that call? It was, it was definitely surprising, and I guess it would be impossible to think that it wasn't related. At the very least, look, we know he was doing this to enjoy it, to, to be a fun experience. Mm-hmm. And when you know that your boss maybe doesn't even want you to be there, that's probably not adding to the fun. So I don't know if they pulled the plug on it, but it certainly you would think would make you make your own move, potentially being like, this just sucks. I'm done. I know. I, I, you know what? It was a really cool story. You know, I think, uh, I think it would have been really awesome. So uh, that, that's too bad. Nobody wants to go out that way, right? I mean, I just, JB... You can't take him to six more races. You just can't, you, you know, like uh, w- w- this was about results. W- when did this become about results? God. Yeah, I think whoever had those expectations were, it was so unrealistic. And I think they could have totally sold it a different way to the media, which I, I think the media, they were thinking like we're thinking, like this is a cool story. Right. If he goes and gets the top 10, cool. But, he, you know, he's not going to be a top five guy. Maybe in a mud race, he could do really well. And it was almost like, uh, pat on the back to Caleb from KTM saying thank you is, is more what I got out of it, but it came to this, and, and I think Caleb was just 
he put out that statement before that call from Roger was coming because he knew it was coming, right? Yeah. Whether it was this week or, or next week, he just he, – I just he, sensed that he was kind of over him. He's not scared, Weege, to, to put it out there, Caleb. Uh, we've had him on the show two or three times, and he's not scared to say stuff, Caleb Russell. Yeah, I think that's always been one of his uh, better characters to me. Um, he's just really headstrong. Um, it's different in a motocross space where I think he knows, you know, the confidence is not there. Uh, but in his own element, um, I don't think he ever doubted himself, which, you know, that usually spills off in your off-the-track attitude as well. You know what I had not figured out of all this was, I, you know, I spent 10 years when GNCC maybe wasn't quite as popular as the PR guy for the series, and it was always trying to get the industry and the fans to know how good these riders were. And what I had not bargained for was in the 10 years since I've been around, maybe because I'm not involved and they're doing a better job without me. Maybe that's why. That's probably the true. Re- yeah. Yes. The respect level that everybody had for Caleb was so much more than I thought. Like, I was afraid if he came in and struggled, the people would be like, see, these guys are second rate. See, these guys suck. But instead, everybody was like, nah, we get it. Like, it's awesome that he's doing it. Huge respect for what he's done. And also, you have to remember, like, like you said, how many bikes he sold – I didn't realize how many fans were at the races that are like, yeah, I come to these nationals, I watch motocross, but I race or I ride on trails. That's my guy. I, that's, yeah. I've always wondered what it would be like if I rode motocross and I'm getting to see him do it at his level. I didn't realize how well that would actually play and how many fans respected him and liked him and knew who he was. It actually went better than I thought it would in that respect. So that makes it even stranger. Yeah, I was uh, I was on KTM when Shane Watts rode a couple of nationals too, and and yeah, he was he was a bad dude, just like Caleb, right? And Caleb's high point results: first race back, he was fifteenth in Moto One. Second Moto, he came from way back to twentieth. Like, yeah, it was fine. So, um, hey, uh, we do have Jordan who wants to talk about Caleb. Uh, Jordan, go ahead. You want to talk to JB about Caleb? Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on. And i got to start by saying this pains me to disagree with anything JB says. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Oh, uh, Wygant, Wygant is not care, happy with careful, you. Careful, careful. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that that uh, KTM's kind of justified. I think that Caleb is rightfully held to a higher standard based on his past experience um, and, and past winning ways. You know what I mean? I, I can see that that they had some expectations for him and, and are kind of holding him to that is how I see that. JB. Yeah, but whoever made those decisions, it's like, I mean, are you going to have Tom Brady all of a sudden now he's a baseball player? It's it's two totally different sports from GNCC to motocross. So whoever has those expectations, I would say they're, they're just not realistic. I, I mean, and I would think Roger and Ian and the guys are smart enough to know that it's literally two totally different disciplines, and we've never seen a guy come in from GNCC and have that much success in, in motocross. And and maybe where the expectation comes from is the Unadilla ride, but I mean, it was muddy. Yeah. It, it was just so muddy. So, yeah, I, I just think it's not fair to Caleb, and, and yeah, I, I just I, I don't agree with those expectations. I, I completely get that, and but I'm I'm curious if and and obviously I don't know any any background on this, but I'm curious if maybe he advocated for himself, um, you know, to even get this opportunity of hey I you know I think I can do this. Well, um, okay, if he did advocate it for himself, I mean he sure backpedaled on Monday night's show, right, for his expectations. So I wouldn't think he walked into the office and went like, hey man, I can top ten, like. And then and then go publicly and say like, look man, these guys are fast, and like I'm just like all the stuff he was saying on Monday. So I wouldn't think he would he would advocate it like I can do something. You know what I mean? Like I don't think he would make some yeah. bold claim. He's smarter than that. He knows better, especially the way he was talking on Monday night, right? So Sure. Um yeah, I don't know. Uh, I do have I do have one more question. If 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 Coop's number one in the points and Marv's number two in the points, do does KTM care as much about this or, or does that change things? What do you think, JB? That's a great question. You know, I, they probably don't care too much because they're just so happy they don't even notice Caleb's out there riding. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know. I can't say one way or the other, but I will say that winning in any class on any team cures a lot of things. So yep. if everybody's struggling, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, put well, people in bad moods. And You know, what? maybe uh, KTM should look at the guy who got them the first ever national win in America and their first ever 450 moto win in America. Maybe they should look well, at that. And, and his mechanic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, thanks, man. Thanks wow. for the call. Uh, Weed, you got to go or do you want to stay on? You can stay on if you want or you can go. Uh, it's, it's JB. Let's keep uh, it rolling. All right. So uh. 
Uh, MXDN talk already coming up. Barsha Alba confirmed JB on the show that he is uh, going to race for Team USA. And the star guys, whether it's Dylan or Justin Cooper, they kind of say they're not going. They're moving shops to Florida that week officially, and doesn't look like the star guys can do MXDN if you go by what we've heard. So who's your team, Brayton, knowing that Barsha is one of the 450 picks? Give me a – and we know Kawasaki, of course, is not going. So uh, give me your team. Yeah, it, so if those are true, if Star for sure isn't going, I honestly think that the team's pretty easy to pick. It's Barsha, Sexton, and Hampshire. I think Barsha races awesome at those events. Uh, I think he's you know, leaves his heart on the track and yep. – and, can do really well. I think Chase would be excited to go. I think he would get a lot of support from from Honda. He's young. He's eager. Um, and then I think RJ, yeah, I, I feel like where Motocross and Nations is at, I think he would ride that soil really good. I think he practices on it all the time. And, um, and he's not afraid to send it. Obviously, we would be crossing our fingers watching it. Hopefully, you know, he doesn't crash. But I think that's the team. I really do. I think that gives us the best chance um, if the star guys aren't going. But if the star guys were going, I would put Justin Cooper in, in place of RJ. But right. if that's the case, what you're saying, I think it's a no-brainer for, for those three to go. And would you send AP on a KTM or on a Yamaha if you wanted to, if the star guys were able to go? Or how would that go for AP? I just don't see it being possible, right, with right. the timing of it and, and all all that. I mean – yeah, I mean, if it's on the new bike, like, you know, what's yep. it worth to go? You, you want him to show up ready. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to sh- him to show up and kind of struggle on the bike, and then you get those bad feelings right away. And if Star's not going, that's not an option anyway. So, yep. yeah, I, I like Sexton and Barsha. I really do. Uh, Weed, you can't say Brayton, but who would you send? We are in the strangest situation. I, I don't remember ever this happening, ever this happening, ever. The Supercross champion. I believe he said he would do it. KTM obviously supports his event. That's no problem. Yeah. Several riders don't want to do it or can't do it, and he's still not even an option. What a weird scenario we have. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, Cooper Webb, oh, you want to compete? Yeah, you haven't earned it. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Hey, Coop, you really got to kind of step up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but Dekasha literally yeah. told you that like three weeks ago in a podcast. And true, if you look at the results, Sexton and Barsha have been better than him in motocross. So I guess that's just where we are. Yeah. I, I agree. I don't know what's going on with Marvin. I don't. I don't know what's going on with Marvin either. I have no idea yeah. what's going on, with Marv. He, a caller earlier, caller pointed out how good he is at Washugal, and they're right. He is, and I fully don't expect him to do anything this weekend, even knowing that. You know, it's a huge He won South two years in a row. Yeah. Go ahead, JB. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. being there at the race, you know, you can watch on TV and kind of. Oh, I wonder why Marv's an eighth or whatever. But honestly, being there, he was a eighth place guy, ninth place guy. Yeah. And. It, it was crazy to watch because even just his intensity and yeah, all of it. So yeah, that's, that's a huge mystery. And Coop to me, he looks like he's trying really, really hard. He's getting good starts. He wants to feel like he belongs there. And then he just gets shuffled back. Like yeah. he just doesn't quite have the speed. So, um, but I will say I was really impressed. And I told him after the race that the way he crashed, I, I saw the crash. I was, mm-hmm. I was right there. And for him to, pick the bike up i thought he was going to the mechanics area for him to just ride around and finish that's i'm sure he gained some more fans i mean that's that's really cool because it's so easy as you know like just pull it in and oh. he's not going to get any points and well you so that that to me was pretty cool you could hear the announcer who's on the phone right here be like that's cooper webb he's he's still out there <laughs> Weege, when yeah you, i couldn't he, believe it right right yeah they lapped him and i'm like why is he still riding yeah, i'm with you yeah. I, I, very good job for but uh, for for Webb, but so Weege, uh Sexton and uh, RJ is what uh, Brayton said, and I agree with that. What, what's your thoughts? And Barsha, of course. Yeah, I just uh, this this Webb thing to me is a little bit up for discussion. He's ridden there before. Um, he's kind of a gritty guy who you figure the pressure he would do well. You know, with Sexton, you're taking someone who hasn't ever been in that environment. So that's the only discussion. Even I'm not saying I wouldn't vote Sexton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only discussion I would have. Right, right. Uh, Cordell's on one. He's got an agent question. Cordell, go ahead, man. Yo, what's up? Um, I guess, well, I acquired another question while I was waiting, but I'll stick with the agent question for now. Do you guys think Myrtle is, like, arguably one of the best agents we've seen in the sport, just the way he goes about things and promotes his guys? 
Uh, he turned RV into 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 this magic PR man, Weege. Uh, maybe Cordell has a point here, Weege. <laughs> I think on our side, on the media side, and if you're one of the riders who he's made tons of money for, your answer is absolutely yes. I think if you're on the other side of the negotiating table, it's absolutely not. So it just depends on who. <laughs> I mean, there are there are what some the idiot you are. there are some idiot agents out there. So uh, Myrtle doesn't have a it's not a high bar to clear. Uh, but what do you think, JB? I mean, you've had agents. You've you've done things yourself. You've had agents. Uh, what's your take on it? Yeah, I like Myrtle. I actually spent a little bit of time with him at Millville this past weekend, and you know, fun guy to be around. And and yeah, I think he's he's of the mindset of you know how to get the most out of his really out of the teams or sponsors for his athletes. And then I think he really cares. It's for sure like the Lawrence brothers. He obviously really, really cares about him and, and and wants them to do well, but also wants them to be good people as well. And um, the way he's kind of, I would say he's kind of steered the ship for RV and, uh, you know, for sure with, with Jet and Hunter. I think it's cool. I, I really do. I think it's great PR and, and um yeah, I mean, it's obviously working, right? So you can't really say it's not. Yeah, what he's done with Vill- Villapoto, I mean, we all just thought Villapoto would go away and live in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, disappear. And all of a sudden he's a Yamaha ambassador. He's drinking beers with everybody. He's the greatest retired rider ever. He's riding pit bikes. You know, he's doing everything, right? He's got a barbecue, gr- grilling deals. He's just, you know, I think that if you want to talk about Myrtle's power, Exhibit A, we just ride Villapoto. I just think that's Exhibit A right there. Well, I think there's agents in a sport where they see their role pretty much as when the next contract is up, I just try to get the client the most money possible. That's what an agent does. Merch is one of the few. You can see his involvement in every aspect of the rider. It's not just, say, hey, the deal's done. I'll talk to you in two years when it's up. Yeah. Every part of the persona of these riders, look, Jet Lawrence does like donuts. That's genuine. I don't believe Jet Lawrence came up with the idea of, hey, can we get donuts in the Red Bull tent? Other people came up with that, and that's – Myrtle sweating every detail of his athlete's brand and think of how much more money he's going to make the profile for his clients by sweating what they say in the podium. It's got to be genuine. He's not telling them things they shouldn't say or believe, but he's creating a whole lot more value. I think by being invested like 24 seven, not just when you're a free agent. Uh, Thanks Cordell. Thanks for the question, man. Yeah, I actually have a recommendation for a podcast. I don't know if you know him at all, if you've done anything with him in the past, but maybe get Doc Bodner on for a, podcast at some point that'd be cool to listen to stuff he has to say yeah in sport for a it long wouldn't time. be bad the, the 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 issue with doc bodner and he's a good dude is he can't say a lot right i've, I've talked to him that's true on and off the record before and he's you know he's a, he's a doctor he can't really say much he can't talk about kind of what you know goes on uh, he got in trouble one time yeah. i think for telling people that they get toward all shots you know what i mean like nobody huh. wanted to know that like what like what do you mean of course guys like jb who are getting banged up are getting you know pain killing shots as long as it's safe to go riding and he apparently he got in trouble one time for saying that so i don't know maybe maybe it could be good but i don't know uh thanks cordell all right well, uh, thanks for taking thanks, my man. call appreciate Bye. it i mean jb for you as an aide uh, i mean at point where the last few years of your career jb have you you probably really wouldn't benefit from an agent you know what your value is you know how the industry works you know judging on past contracts bonuses and you know this and that have a lawyer look over a deal and uh and have a go for yourself for a guy like you huh justin yeah i actually love that side of it i love working the deals and even when i did have an agent early in my career i always had to deal with him that the first meeting that i had with the team he was never there i wanted them i wanted the, the team to know who they were hiring i wanted to ask some questions and then as soon as there was some interest from the team, it was like, okay, I do have an agent. He's a lawyer, so let's let him look over the contract. And we would yep. kind of plan on, you know, okay, where's the, you know, what what money are we looking for and yeah. kind of what's the going rate. And then, yeah, I would say, oh, it's six or seven years ago now where uh, I've, I've done all my own stuff, and, and I love that side of it. Uh, just working the deals and making, you know, relationships. And, and our sport is so small. You kind of know the going rate. You know this guy's probably getting mad or mm-hmm. you know what you want to get. And I've had so many contracts throughout my years. And, and then I even love helping. I mean, yeah, guys like McAdoo and several people I've helped with that. And, and I love it. So, yeah, maybe it's a little something for, for when I'm done racing. We'll, we'll see. But right. I love that side of things. JB, talking about Washougal to wrap up the show here, uh, how many times have you come in from, from a practice at Washougal and just went over to Brian Fleck or whoever and just been <laughs> like, I can't, I need a different tire, I, what, no, I, nothing is working. 
How many times have you done that? A lot. And usually <laughs> it's not after first practice, it's after second practice. Oh, okay. First practice usually is like there's a lot of grip and it's nice and you're hitting things good, but then it starts to get rough and shiny in the second practice. like, what is going on out there? And now that, you know, none of us practice on that type of soil. We're all pretty much practicing in sand or or really soft conditions now. And even if you're in California, it's nothing like Washougal. So I think it's the hardest track on the circuit to really figure out. Uh, I think the the start is more crucial than ever. I've been roosted up the, they call it power. Horsepower Hill. Power Hill. Yeah. yeah, Horsepower Hill. And I'm telling you, it's like they have an army with people with BB guns or something <laughs> at the top of that thing that are just shooting you on the way up. So uh, it, it's always interesting. There's There's years where I've just gelled with it right away, and there's years where I've just banged my head against the wall the whole day and just never quite got a flow. So it'll be interesting. And then the shadows, you know, we talk about, and, and it's just a track like you don't really know until you race it because it looks all perfect. And we say it every year, it's, you know, it's a beautiful setting and beautiful track and dirt looks great, but it's, it's just not. And then until you race it when it's really rough and it's second moto and you've got shadows and you hit a bump that you – that you didn't see and your hand blows off like it's it's a tough track it really is we just always fun like southwick obviously has the locals too but when you look at larry ward or jason mccormick or ryan huffman or lance smale like washugo's always had these locals too that have done well it's cool yeah i'd say outside of southwick Southwick's a whole nother level but i can't think of another track that has more of those okay jeremy martin wins at millville but jeremy martin is a two-time to the national champion right more of the, the best ride of this guy's life by far was at his home track. Besides Southwick, I can't think of another track that does that, like Washougal. Yeah, no, I, I can't either. Uh, J-Mart is uh, definitely a question I had for you guys. JB, six left. How many does he win? How many does J-Mart win out of the six? I think he wins three of the six. I do. I think he gets on a little bit of a roll. I think you see Cooper and the Lawrence brothers start to race each other and not really care mm-hmm. if J-Mart wins or not. Uh, and then maybe, you know, the last couple rounds is when, if the points are close, then maybe Cooper has to go win or, or, or something. But I see J-Mark getting half the wins. I, I do. I think he's going to get on a roll. He's going to get healthier and healthier, especially with this, is it a two-week break coming up? Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, so I think after that, I mean, yeah, who knows, but I, I think he wins He wins three of the six. And does Troll Train Weech, does he get, how many podiums does Troll Train get the rest of the way? Well, you know, if Jeremy wins three, I guess the other three are troll train victories, right? I, I, sounds good to me. Sounds, sounds, sounds good <laughs> to me. Absolutely. Uh, hey, a, Steve. Yeah. Where will uh, Jeremy Martin fall if he has to help Justin Cooper move over for Justin Cooper, give Justin Cooper points and race points? How do you think he would feel about that? Well, uh, in 1990, we saw a factory rider benched for saying that he would not help his teammate, uh, JMB. We may have the second ever benching of a factory rider uh, if they ask J-Mart to move over for Justin Cooper. Oh, you don't think J-Mart cares? Really? I don't think J-Mart cares. I don't think J-Mart wants to help Jet Lawrence or Justin Cooper or anybody at all. Uh, uh, yeah. that, you know, Do you agree, Justin? I agree. Yeah, if there's one guy that doesn't really care about teammates, it's J-Mart. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Have we picked championship favorites? Was that discussed in the first? Uh, no, first we, we we discussed this on our review pod, though, and uh, I, I took Cooper and Ferrandis. I know, real uh, real out there picks, and I think Weege, yeah. Weege, you didn't stick with Anderson, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. no. Hey, is, was that Anderson's a, a joke from about three years ago. No, that's a, jo- oh, okay. that's a joke from like two okay. years ago. <laughs> Weege, <laughs> Weege picked Anderson and then all year long just said, I got to stick with Anderson. That's my pick. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, it was when he was defending Supercross champ. I'm like, you have to pick the defending champ. You have to. And uh, I got ridiculed. Anyway, I'm going to go with Jet and uh, Ferrandis. Yeah, yeah. JB? Yeah, I would love to see Jet get closer. I just I think the starts are, are an issue. And Justin Cooper, if history repeats itself at all, I think he's a great starter and he's just really, really consistent. And a bad day for him is 3-3 or 4-2 or, or something like mm-hmm. that. And with Jet getting these bad starts, I, I don't see how he can make up the points to – to win this and i don't know and i've and i've worked for, look god uh, tim ferry was god awful at starts almost every race i worked for him and we did eight million starts jb at the practice track supercross motocross clutch you know clutch activation clutch plates clutch this the tires sweet jesus we did it all and the guy couldn't get off the line 
And I just think when you can't get off the line, you can't get off the line. And it can get better from here. But I don't see where I'm, where I'm going with this, JB, is I don't see Jets starts coming around to a magical level. You are or you aren't. Not a consistent level. Right. And I think he could start top three in a few races here and there. But Justin Cooper, is a, it's a consistent week after week, moto yeah. after moto. He's a great starter. Yep. He starts in the top three all the time. So, yeah, I think Jet could start top three here and there. But to do it consistently for whatever, yep. 12 more motos or whatever it is, like I just don't see it happening. I don't think we, we focus enough on Justin Cooper's sort of stats right now. He's got an incredible stat line. He Look, he's not exciting on or off the track, um, you know, and he, but he's got a Supercross championship, and the amount of podiums this kid racks up so young in his career is ridiculous. He's one of the odder stat lines. You know, he's, I think, right around now, I think he's gone over. Uh, he's been fast qualifier in more than half the races he's ever been in as a pro. I mean, Supercross was all but one, I think, this year. It's about half this year in motocross, his whole career. Yeah. Since he turned pro. And the consistency is unreal. Like he's always there, top three, probably helped by the starts. But the odd thing is, he doesn't have a lot of race wins. It's no. very strange. I think he's won four nationals. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. It's very odd. I, I can't really even come up with a comparison. You could say, well, Dunge was consistent, didn't win a lot. Come on. Dunge did actually win a lot, A. And it wasn't like at the beginning of the day, Dunge was always putting in heaters that no one else could match. The marriage of whole shots, unbelievable qualifying speed, but always resulting in second and third place finishes <laughs> is so odd to me. Uh, he doesn't have any moto. He doesn't have that 450 moto win like JB. He doesn't have yeah, a Daytona I, win. True, very true. But I don't think his speed gets talked about enough. He even his rookie year, he would qualify first by like sometimes two seconds or so. It's like yeah, but I really don't think it gets talked about enough because I think it would if it was like this crazy wild speed and he's out of control. But he honestly is really really smooth. He's technical on the bike, and he's really fast. And I don't hear a lot of people talking about how fast he is. I hear people talking about consistency and really good starts, but. The kid can ride. Like he's, he's got some really good speed as well. Yep. No, absolutely. Uh, so that's I, I, I like Cooper for all the reasons that uh, you guys just laid out for the title. So And, and Dylan Ferrandez, what a season. What a, the only guy yeah, that could beat him. Weej, the only guy that could probably beat him if JB, if JB was out there. That'd be about it. Yeah, I mean, that's, would you put an asterisk on this season or what? Mm, I, I think we could. Yeah, let's talk to Coombs and see if we can do that. Yeah, a little asterisk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Brayton wasn't racing. Good job, <laughs> exactly. but Brayton wasn't racing. Right, exactly. <laughs> the perfect 10 wasn't there. Well, uh, yeah. ball boys, thanks for the time. Weege, thanks for staying on the whole hour with, with JB, of course. You have uh, to. So. Great. Uh, and Justin Brayton, uh, what, uh, what's next on your schedule? Australia lined up yet? I don't know. They're kind of a mess right now with, yeah. with COVID and everything. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if that'll be happening, but. We've been in Iowa for the summer. We head back to North Carolina. I'll be back hanging out with Weed here in a couple of weeks and oh boy. get back on the bike and a couple mountain bike races. We've got an e-mountain bike race coming up. Oh, I saw that. You're, if, you're, if, you're, if you want to be a part of it. Uh, Wygant just told me that. You were doing the Loretta's uh, e-bike race. Let's do it. Oh, Especially wow. I called a couple of weeks ago and asked me to do it, and I said, I wish you gave me a little more heads up, but, yep, I'm in. Weed, are so. you calling the action? Uh, good God, I don't even know if you could focus. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I try to go into Loretta's as late as possible because it's going to be a long week as it is. But now I got this massive temptation. And, and JB's been, you know, he, he let me know that I should be there Saturday, not Monday. So. Right, right. Wow. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Well, let me know what, yeah. what happens we each, on this one. Um, and JB, so let's get in with Paris. Paris, then. Don't, don't let that thing go away. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, we can't. We've been on the phone with Eric. You, you know how that works. Steve. Right, right, exactly. Are you, so, are you in? You going? Oh, yeah, I'm in. Committed? I'm in. I'm, yeah, I'm, no. I'm committed. I have a, I have a, I'm missing a Sammy Hagar concert for that race. Oh, wow. I want you to know wow. what kind of dedication I have for that. So. I, I, you know what I can't wait for is the club sandwiches. Oh, yeah, hotel. I mean, why not eat at the hotel? Why not eat at the hotel when you're in, in Paris? Why oh, not? Those are amazing. Oh, God. All right, boys. What's the date uh, on that? What's the date on that? Uh... The 11th and 12th? Of November. No, 6th and 7th. Oh, 6th and 7th, yeah. Yeah, oh, November. November. Okay, okay. All right, I'm going to think about this one. You're going to go? Well, if my wife can go, I can go. And uh, we might be at that stage of life now. We're not going to make it happen. Imagine if I don't get to go and Weege gets, gets Eric's uh, travel t plane ticket. Oh, God, I'll be so bitter. 
Oh, Actually, I, I may I know talk the right guy. today. We saw, I'll mention it. I'll mention it. <laughs> Screw you, Brayton. Oh, God. Uh, all right, boys. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the thanks, show, guys. both of you. Thank you. Thanks. You That's uh, Justin Brayton and Jason Wigan, everybody. And thanks for listening, tits. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Okay. A lot of calls. Yeah. A lot of calls. Good, yeah, yeah, you handled it. Yep. Thanks to Billy Grotto for the uh, Washugal tickets, Twisted Tea, Fly Racing for the Stand, 100% for the Goggles. Thank you, Pro Taper, Maxis, FMF Vision, Get, and Fly Racing. 2022 gear out tomorrow. Thanks for listening. See you in a couple weeks.